Blog Talk Radio.
Good morning, good morning. Welcome to another Sunday of Let's Talk with Smile3. Can you believe it? We're already in the third week of the first month of the calendar year, January 2023. Wow. Well, we got one full week to go this week, and then one full week to go the next week, and then the next week we'll only have three calendar days in it in January before we begin February. Look at God. He's so faithful. I want to thank everyone for joining us on today. I want to thank you for your uh, faithfulness. I want to thank you for your prayers and your support. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, start with prayer because I have a, a quite a bit um, in my notes and stuff that God was just pouring in last night and last week and this morning. So I'm just so grateful. Father God, we glorify you. We magnify you, God. We repent of sin of commission and omission. Every deed, thought, or said that has not been pleasing in your sight. Help us to be a repentant people that will be quick to repent. And not only are we quick to repent, we're quick to obey. We thank you, God, for obedience. Thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. We thank you for your angels of protection that are encamped all around us. We thank you for your healing virtue that you've given each and every one of us. Thank you that you've allowed us to be made whole, and you're making us whole, and you're perfecting us. God, I thank you for all the minister connected to Smile3. I first want to thank you for Pastor Troy, who had major... uh, heart surgery, and he's still healing. And I want to thank you for Minister Margo, who's gone through uh, various procedures, and, and God, you're making her whole as well, and I thank you. I thank you for Minister Sylvia, how she's been faithful on these uh, Friday nights and filling in on Friday when she needs to, filling in on Monday when she needs to, God. I thank you for her due diligence to obey you. It takes me back to back in 2000 and 2001 and 2002 when it was just me, God. And you said pursue and go forward. I thank you for the pursue and the go forward in every ministry gift that's um, ministering on Smile 3, that they pursue and they go forward. No matter what's going on in their body, no matter what's going on in their hearts or their minds, God, they pursue and go forth. God, that is such an awesome gift that you've given each ministry, each man and woman of God, that they would pursue and go forth. So I ask you on today, while I share this information that you've given me that not only will I hear it, those on the line would hear it, and those that are going to listen to it in the archives on the www. 
Because, God, this word today appears to be a rhema word today, tomorrow, and the next day. Have your way. God, I ask you to decrease me and increase you and speak to your people. Let them hear your sound. Let them hear your word and let them pursue and go forth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Um, We won't be ministering about the sound of God as much but we're going to be talking about the life, the life that we have and how it's connected to him. See, many hear the sound of God. They hear the sound of his voice. They hear the sound speaking to their hearts, their minds, and their very beings. But many act like they don't know what he's saying even when they know. Many are just imitating what someone else told them. And sadly to say, many are ignoring him and rejecting him. But see, when you know what you know, that you know, that you know, you realize that Ezekiel 43 said, Then he, the angel, led me to the gate, and the gate that faces towards the east. And behold, the glory and brilliance of God of Israel was coming from the way of the east, and his voice was like the sound of many waters, and the earth shone with his glory. Revelations 1 and 5 says, 1 and 15 is the verse I'm going to read. His feet were like burnished white-hot bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was powerful like the sound of many waters. Now, the reason that I'm starting off talking about the sound is because many of us can relate to hearing the crashing oceans against the rock or just against itself. Um, And see, that's what a lot of people have described God's voice as. Many have described it as like the sound of the cherub, the voice that calms the sea. The voice that you listen to and you choose to obey. Like when they were in the boat and the storm was raging, Jesus spoke to the storm and it had to obey. Well, when you're connected and linked to a God that you can choose to obey or choose not to obey, he gives you free will, then you know that He is a loving, merciful God, not a vengeful God, because even parents don't usually allow their kids to disobey them without there being some repercussions. And so when I think about being connected 
to Jesus. I think about being connected to the tree of life. Now stay with me because I'm going to connect to this ultimate source that I'm talking about. See, when Jesus came back and and when he came to earth and he uh, restored us after being on the cross, and remember the cross is also called the tree. They talk about him being hung on a tree. They talk about him talking about Jesus, him being nailed to a cross. How many of you realize that even the very foundation of the houses that we live in came from a tree. We call it wood. And isn't it amazing how Jesus, who is our tree of life, uh because of him we've been born again and we have an opportunity mm, to come to God's house, the houses that we live in or the house of prayer. Isaiah 56 and 7 says, These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. That house that was made from that wood, that was made from that tree. Mm. Mark 11 and 17. And he was teaching them and said to them, "It It is not written. My, my, my. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. But you have made it a den of robbers. Isn't it amazing how we can take the very house of prayer, the very house that God has given us, the very house that is for our families, for our protecting and for our shelter and for our place of rest, and turn it into a place that God doesn't abide in, Mm, that's another message. Matthew 7, verses 15 to 19 says, Beware of the false prophets, teachers who come to you dressed as sheep, appearing gentle and innocent, but inwardly are ravishing wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them, that is, by their contrived doctrine and self-focus. Do people pick up, do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the unhealthy tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Mm, 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 mm. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. 
see, they even used the tree to warm themselves in the various places by putting it in a fire. But it wasn't usually a tree that was bearing fruit. It was usually a tree that was not bearing good fruit. And then just to add, the 20th border says, Therefore, by their fruit, you will recognize them as false prophets. But see, that's why I'm glad that when we're connected to God, when we're connected to Jesus, we don't have to worry about that. Many people are connected to the wrong things. But when you know that your fruit is good, you give credit to the God, the person that allowed you to have that good fruit. And if you were related to your parents, parents have been responsible for our fruit because they taught us, they disciplined us, they encouraged us, they allowed us to go to college and major universities because they not only wanted us to have good fruit and healthy fruit and a healthy tree, even our branches, such as our children and our seed seeds and our nieces and our nephews and all of that, they wanted to make sure that we would be vibrant. See, when you look at a regular tree, a regular healthy tree, it has usually one lead branch, as we would call it. And in our lives, that lead branch, that lead tree is Jesus. He's strong. And that's what that tree has to be. That's what that branch has to be. That's what those roots have to be. They have to be strong. They have to be stable. They have to be solid. They have to be straight. They have to be absolute because if that real branch, that real tree that that is, is holding us up, if it starts to split open, it can become diseased and ravished with insects. But see, a real strong, absolute tree like Jesus, he was spotless. He was blameless. He had nothing in him or even upon him that could eat away his glory. I love how Isaiah 4 and 2 talks about how the branch is symbolic of the uh, God we serve and our Savior, Jesus Christ, how it's symbolic of God's family, the very tree how it's symbolic of God and his humankind, how it's symbolic of the the rods that branch out of the, the stems of the branches, talking about uh, the spiritual part of it with Jesse and how it talks about um, how strong the very roots of each branch and each tree is and how they descend into the very line of your genealogy. Oh, my God, that's a rich message right there. My God. And how the bark 
in the tree. It, we don't want it to peel. We don't want it to come loose. We don't want it to have holes in it. We don't want it to have cracks in it because then it becomes or can become unhealthy, diseased. Then it can break off and be gouged. But see, that's not what we want in the spirit realm or the natural realm because we want to walk in God's love and his unity so that we can stay healthy and we can have robust and full branches that branch out from us, our mentees and the mentors because the teachers train the trainer. The teachers teach the teachers. The people of God, the preacher, trains the next preacher. The bishop, the overseers, the apostles, the evangelists, the ministers, we're training the trainers. We're getting people ready because we don't know the day nor the hour that he's coming. So we're preparing our our preceptors, our preceptees, and our mentees so that they can do greater works, Elijah with Elijah, Jesus with us, with his disciples. He's preparing us to prepare others so that their barks and their branches and their leaves, they can be healthy. They won't get fungi. They won't have large holes in them. They won't have cracks in them, and we check them continually we we sit with them and 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 we well, try to impart into them um, because many times things have been imparted into us based off of uh, what we heard or what was preached to us because you know they say how can you hear unless there's a preacher well not all preachers are preaching the word of God a lot of them are preaching you know, prosperity and things of that sort, which God will prosper us. But the main message is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And see, when we can relate the gospel of Jesus Christ to a tree, then we understand that those ball patches and those uh, damaging message and those things that are infectious and those things that lack nutrients, like when a person leaves the service, can what you taught, can they live off of it? Because if you taught them about you're, 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 you're going to be uh, going to receive a check in the mail, uh, uh, do this, do that, whatever it is about prosperity, but you haven't taught them that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and not every tongue that rises up against you thou shalt condemn. You taught them that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I, you can fear no evil because God is with you. When you teach them, train up a child in the way that they should go, they know that they're going to be training. We're giving them the word. And if we see that something's going on with the tree, we know that we have to do things to keep it healthy. How many of you know that pruning, although it hurts, when you properly prune a tree and to properly prune um, 
the plants and things, that they grow back, and they grow back healthier. See, because if you see your tree yellowing or you see it, the the edges are, are getting crispy instead of, uh, I don't want to say crispy because we want them to be crispy. Let me use another word. If we see that they're uh, getting to where they're splitting or they have holes in them or they have dark uh, black specks in them or they, instead of being um, green, they're yellow and they won't get to their full color, then we know something's wrong. We need to do something to help this tree. We need to do something to give it some nutrients. Because, see, when we talk about trees of life in the natural, we have apple trees, pear trees, plum trees, peach trees. We have pomegranate trees, fig trees. We have avocado trees. We have all of these trees, mango trees, olive trees. But then those are fruit that come off of these trees called olives and peaches and mangoes and all of that. And they're nutritious to our natural bodies and they're nutrients as well, which is the same thing, nutritious and nutrients. But let's talk about What are some of the fruit in the church? We're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, but what are some of the fruit that God expects from us? Well, I'm going to share a few with you. Charity. Are you giving of your time? Are you giving of your money? Are you sharing the joy of the Lord? Are you sharing the peace that surpasses all understanding? Are you showing them how to walk in the patience of the Lord? Are you showing them how kind you can do, be and, and the good things that you can do? You're showing them your kindness and your goodness. You're showing them your generosity and your gentleness. My, 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 my. Gentleness isn't that popular nowadays. It's how hard you can be, how bold you can be, how you can, I'm just saying. But your faithfulness, are you faithful? Are you even modest? I was talking to my sister, Minister Sylvia, and I was telling her how it's amazing me how I'm seeing so many men and women, God, clerics, that they're preaching and teaching and their breasts, so much of their breasts is just showing. They're preaching and they're teaching and the outfit they have on is so tight until you can see their very figure and foundation and depending on who's in the crowd, and men are doing it too. They're so busy looking at their features until they're missing the main feature. And that feature is Jesus Christ. So then, if you're not practicing modesty, there's lots of people out there that are practicing self-control, I pray, and that they're not just looking at you 
for the wrong reason. Because now the very fruit of chastity can be compromised. So the fruit of charity, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, generosity, gentleness, faithfulness, modesty, self-control, and chastity, they seem not to be popular. But what I love is that God reminds us in Galatians 5, 22 and 23 about the fruit of the Spirit, which are some of the very things that I just said. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, And it says, against such things, there is no law. But see, modesty wasn't in there, but we definitely need it. Tacity wasn't in there, but we definitely need it. See, God reminds us that Jesus is not only his son, but he sent him to die for each and every one of us. And yet, while he was here, he reminds us that he's the bread of life. See, everything about Jesus is life. He's the bread of life. He's the tree of life. He died on a tree, but yet he rose again. My God. He was the tree of life, symbolically in the center of the garden, and yet he is our very center of our salvation plan. He is the very center of our redemption. He's the very center of spreading the gospel because it's of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not the gospel of Cecilia. It's not the gospel of this person or that person, but it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Proverbs 11 and 30 says, the fruit of the righteous is is a tree of life, and he who is wise wins souls. Proverbs 13 and 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Proverbs 15 and 4 says, A soothing tongue is like a tree of life, but perversion in it crushes the spirit. Mm, I love you, Lord. Revelations 2 and 7 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Revelations 22, 1 through 2 and 14 and 15 says, Then, He showed me a river of water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the middle of its street, of either side, the river was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life 
and many entered the gates into the city. Outside are dogs and sorcerers and immoral persons and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves the practice, practices lying. Mm. But see, when we look at some of those bad fruit, the sorcery, the immoral, the murderers, the idolatries, we can think of a natural tree. When a natural tree is, is bearing bad fruit, as they would say, and dying, it's bare. It's leafless. Hmm. It has ex- excessive dead and dying branches. It's got holes in it. It's got wounds and cracks in the trunk. It's got yellowing leaves. Hmm. It has patches in it that looks like it's powdery and mildewy and infectious. The very branches what the wind blows too hard or cracker bend. It's got fungi in the bark and near the base of the tree where the roots are. But see, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible lets us know in Joel 1 and 12, the vine dries up and the fig tree fails, the pomegranate and the palm also, and the apple tree and all the trees of the field dry up. Indeed, rejoicing dries up from the sons of men. Matthew 3 and 10 says, And the axe is already laid at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. It may keep you warm, but it's no longer bearing fruit. Matthew 12 and 33 says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. So what do we need to do? We need to restore the tree. We need to give it CPR. Does it need chest compressions and breaths, or does it just need artificial breaths? Does it just need to be put on a ventilator? What does the tree need in order to live? It needs water the fountains of living water. It needs water to be connected to the foundation of Jesus because Jesus is the tree. We need to stay connected. We need to sincerely pray and intercede for that person. We need to uh, have Bible studies with that person. We need to fellowship with that person. We need to encourage them to praise God morning, noon, and night. We need to encourage them to have, uh, know that they know that they know the effectual reverent prayers of the righteous of zealous must. So call for the elders so that they can pray for you. Call for the intercessors so they can pray for you. The elders will even come and lay hands on, on you so that you can recover. Give them that, that mulch that we usually give to trees, which means work and prepare and encourage and show them love 
and be nice to them in many cases. And in other cases, just tell them the truth and tell them the truth in love because you're not trying to kill and destroy them, but you're trying to restore the joy that God wants them to have. You're trying to give them the gift of knowing that God won't misuse you. God won't uh, abuse you. God won't be that toxic person in your life that's using you instead of encouraging you. God will send you a specialist that has just what you need. Do you need a mentor to show you how to be a teacher? Do you need a mentor to show you how to be a preacher? Do you need a mentor to show you how to be a hostess or an usher? What do you need? Are you a field worker, someone that's out doing outreach, helping out the homeless? What is your gift? What is your talent? We're going to help you work and prepare it and also stay connected to God. What do you need? Is it time for you to be pruned? My God. See, parents and real friends will prune you and they'll prune you properly because they'll obey what God is telling them to do. Because, see, sometimes we want to say, oh, well, God is the only one can prune me. Well, I'm going to beg to differ with you right there. Because many times your pruning is going to come from people that you know, situations that you are in. There's going to be times when you're simply misunderstood. There's going to be times where people don't even ask you the where, the when, the how. They just make assumptions, and you still have to show them love. You still have to show them patience. You still have to show them kindness. You still got to be good to them. You still got to practice self-control. Let me share a few examples with you. Um, when I'm called to do various things or I want to go somewhere, I may have to ride a, a car or a train. While I've been in that car and that train, I read signs, and sometimes I'm calling them out. I'm talking, people thinking I'm talking to myself because I say, oh, there's Madison Street. Oh, look at that tree. There's times when I sit in a room all by myself meditating. For long periods of time, I'm not watching television. I'm not doing anything but seeking God. I'm actually talking to God. There are times when it's uninterrupted time that I can sit in a room all day long just listening to God, listening to the wind, listening to the trees as they flow back and forth as the wind blows. There are times when I can, I'm walking around in, in a house or somewhere and I don't turn on the lights or anything, and there's people looking like, hmm, she's kind of weird. Why she won't turn on the light? There's times when, especially since COVID and me dealing with the various things with COVID, where I have to maybe have tissue in my nose or um, I have to have uh, tissues different places because of how irritated my skin is. Now, my skin is so irritable since COVID. And there's people that will may, you know, be visiting or I'm visiting them, and they're like, she's just got tissue, tissue, tissue. They don't understand. They've never asked me. They just made assumptions. 
And sometimes the very things that people are talking about, although they seem to be nothing, they become more. Because, see, the reason that they become more is because of the stories or the lies or the assumptions that they're making is God perfecting me. God is using them to prune me. You may say, but that sounds like nothing. But don't you remember how in the drops in the sink, fill up the sink? Do you remember how the drops in the bucket fill up the bucket and the bucket starts to overflow? Do you remember how the little holes in the tree became bigger holes and infectious? Do you remember how if they had just asked me a question, then instead of making an assumption, I wouldn't have been hurt like the young man that my sister oftentimes shares her testimony about where she said something to him and he held it for years and years and years. Instead of when it was a drop, instead of when it was a patch of debreeding it at that very moment, debreeding that wound, putting antiseptic on that cut, taking care of it at that smallest point that now no guilt and, and pain and toxic relationships will be developing. Many relationships have been devoured and destroyed because of that stuff that built up and it built up and it built up. And I always think about a balloon that you put a little bit of water in, a little bit of water, and then sooner or later it just bursts, it explodes. But see, if we had us addressed it at that one drop, that second drop, that third drop, we could have taken care of what was going on. We could have made sure that the lie didn't become now a story. Because many times that little lie, it grows and it grows. I thought about a a story or a lie that uh, was being told uh, about me because people got the one side. But remember, I always teach there's three sides to every story. My side, the other person's side and the ultimate side, which is Jesus' side, because he knows the intent of both hearts. Because some people will do stuff and have a bad outcome, but they don't want to tell you that part. They want to just tell you what they're telling people that that other person did. And see, that's a whole other message in itself. But see, when we broaden our understanding and want to fix a situation, We'll fix it, and that tree will live. That tree won't die. Many of us are losing our focus. We're unable to keep our focus on God. Um, Minister Sylvia had said to the people how uh, her and I was talking, and she was talking about a message and stuff that she was preaching. And I had said to her, I said, well, read the whole story. Well, the reason that I wanted her to read the whole story was not only because Apostle Sandra Thomas always taught us that, but it was because I've always read the signs out loud, remember, when I'm traveling. I've always, uh, as people would say, oh, you're nosy. Yes, I'm very curious. I want to know the whole story. I don't want to just 
hear your side of it. I want all sides. On my job, they get upset with me because if one of my workers come in to tell me something about someone, I tell them, hold on, let me get them. Because if you're coming in to tell me a story about you, I'm going to listen. But if you're coming in to tell me a story about someone else, I need for them to be present. I need for them to understand what your accusation is. Now, if it's something that, you know, I need to get with HR about, you know, I'll do that. But many times people are just trying to uh, manipulate a process or a, uh, a situation. And so you need all parties there so that you can understand all the sides. Because once they give me their side, I've got to make a decision. And so I need to make a informed decision. So that's why I always tell Minister Sylvia and others, let's look for the hidden things. Let's look for the unknown things. The institutional racism and sexism and generational practices that families use that hurt people, what's the root cause of it? Is it jealousy? Is it animosity? Is it that someone doesn't mind you achieving, just don't achieve past them? See, sometimes the elephants in the room became an elephant because we didn't take care of it when it was a little cub or when it was a little pup or something. It didn't have to end up being something evil. It could have been something that was just a simple misunderstanding. I was watching a movie uh, with uh, Renee, uh, Minister Renee and Stan, and it had in there a lady that hated the bully. She hated the evil that was being done, but she kept saying that no one was strong enough to attack that bully or take care of the situation. But what about her? That's what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, well, why don't you do it? And so then a man came in town and they tried to kill him because he was a good guy. He was just coming in trying to get what he needed and to leave. Well, then they they killed uh, something that he loved, and then they even tried to kill him. Now the lady, after seeing all that they had done to him, she wanted to join with him to help him, and he said no. But she said, I can help you. But remember, she's the one who's been in this town forever that wouldn't do anything about it. So now that this man is hurt, she gets up enough strength that now she wants to help him. And he's going around and he's doing things to take care of all of these people who did him wrong. But in the end of the story, she helped him take out the last bully because she had finally got strength enough to attack the elephant in the room that was an evil elephant that she hated the whole time. So many times we know that people are lying, but we don't do anything. But when you see something, say something. Many times we're acting like we don't understand what's going on, but when you see something, say something. Many times we're... uh, agreeing with what people are saying about someone in a situation when we don't know what's going on. And we need to get to the root of the problem 
help correct the problem and then fertilize that good thing that has been there all the time that the enemy's trying to destroy. So he's using you and other people to destroy that fertile land. See, there's new converts. There's people that have been hurt and broken and dealing with losses that need to be fertilized. They need their hearts fertilized with the word of God. They need their minds fertilized with the word of God. They need their souls fertilized with the word of God. They need to be restored. They need to be revived. They need to be refueled. They're saying, just listen to me. Just listen to me. All I'm trying to do is tell you what's bothering me. I'm trying to tell you what's going on, and you're not listening. Well, I'm saying today, God is listening. I'm saying today, the one thing you need to make sure is although you're drained, although you're going through this and that, the right treatment, the right spiritual uh, prescription is God-given. It's, it's God-destined. It's God's purpose in your life. So get in line with the word of God. Get in line with the will of God. Get in line with the way of God because you don't want Jesus to show up. And although it's not the right season, you're not bearing the fruit because you have this look about you that everything's all right, but it's just zeal. You have this look about you, but you're perpetrating, you're imitating. But God is saying, in order to do everything that he's called you to do, you're going to have to throw in a call for a lifeline. And whether that lifeline or resource, resource that God has given you is a man or one of God or God himself, know this, that if that lifeline is a person and God told you for it to be Jesus, Jesus is the tree of life. But don't think that he won't use your brother or your sister. Don't think that he won't send you back to bless the very person that did you wrong. And that's a part of your pruning that's going to lead you to the fertilizing and the revival and refueling that you need. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready to stay connected to the lifeline, and his name is Jesus, to be connected to the tree of life, and his name is Jesus, to stay connected to the bread of life, and his name is Jesus, for the gift of salvation that he's given to the sick and dying world. Quick thought, what are you going to do? Evil and cantankerous person that may have stole from you, lied on you, or whatever, God says, go to them. They're hurt. Go to them and speak life. Be that mango. Be that peach. Be that olive that they need. They need the nutrients to live. Selah.
Amen and amen. I'm going to turn the program over to those of you that are on um, the air, and you can make a comment or um, not. So I turn the lines are open. Good morning, saints of God. We thank God for uh, this 15th day of 2023 and how God has blessed us and been merciful and given us another day in which to praise, honor, and worship him. Thank God for all that he's doing, and I thank him for this ministry. I thank you. Apostle Alec for the words today, and uh, I am left with the the uh, charge to find out who it is God wishes me to nurture, who it is He wants me also to forgive, and who I need to help fertilize. Uh, those are rich, rich concepts, and. We are to be about our Father's business. Thank you for giving us that word and helping us to see that we are to be doing everything we can to bear the fruit of the Spirit. God bless and keep you. Amen. 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 Thank you. Minister Margaret, I wanted to just share a quick testimony before anyone else says anything. I um, was really blessed this weekend. I saw some people who were going out of their way to ignore me. I saw um, some people that were um, responsible for some untruths um, spoken about me. And God (laughs) told me, you see them. He says, what would Jesus do? And he had me to hug them and to love on them with sincerity. It wasn't an act. But to let them know that I see you and I know it's not you. It's the evil one that's trying to use you. And in the end, some of them, their embrace with me was different because they saw no matter how the enemy used them, I was allowing God to use me. And I share that with you because that was not something that was easy before. So just as Minister Margot talked about forgiveness, it wasn't easy for me before because of the hurt, because of the brokenness. But God, but God. So, yes, he will have you, as Lady Michelle Obama says, take the high road. And uh, so thank you, Minister Margot, for those very encouraging words. Anyone else? Okay, I guess, you know, just thinking about um, the word. Maybe it challenged you in ways that it would have challenged me um, just a few months ago. I'm not even going to act like it was a long time ago. 
just a few months ago. So I'm going to um, go ahead and do the announcements, and um, then I'll close us out because we're already past at the hour of closing. So as you all know, our foundational scripture is Matthew 6 and 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Well, on tomorrow, did you hear me? I said tomorrow, the 16th of January, we have the awesome, awesome, awesome privilege of hearing from Minister Margo McCoy or whoever she's um, got lined up for her program on tomorrow, and I'm so excited about that Iron Sharpening Iron with Minister Margo and her ministry at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then on the 20th, which is Friday, that's the third Friday of this month, Minister Sylvia will be here, and she will be ministering on Let's Talk. She ministered this past week as well, um, but that was Prophet Antoine's um, day. And so I don't know if he's going to come and minister for her on that night or if she's going to just do both. So just be prepared to hear Minister Sylvia Kaiser at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then I'll be back on the air on the 4th um, Sunday, uh, and that's the 22nd at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, and that's 10.30 um, a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So please join us. Please pray for us. You're, you know, those God-giving prayers. Please encourage us. And please be on the air to support us and share um, encouraging words, testimonies, or whatever the Lord has given you. So I want to thank you all for everything. I want to uh, also remind you, keep Minister Margot in your prayers still as she goes through her full recovery. Keep Pastor Troy in your prayers, and he continues his, um, you know, full recovery as well. And then our mother, um, Catherine, and our mother's uh, Wardeen, and our mother, um, 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 Bay, because uh, we have, you know, various aunts and uncles that are out here, and we're blessing God for them. They're in their 70s and 80s and 90s, and the Word of God promises us 70. So I'm so glad He's given them even more than that. So once again, thank you for your prayers and your support. And please join us on tomorrow night for Iron Sharpening Iron with Minister Margo McCoy. Father God, we glorify you and we magnify you. We thank you for your word on today. We pray that it fell on full and healthy good soil, God, and that it'll bear fruit. We thank you that we all will go and find those that you've assigned us to so that we can be the mentors and the mentees that you've assigned us to be for spreading the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. Let us look to the hills for what's coming to our help, for we know that our help comes from the Lord, and let us know without a shadow of a doubt that you're our God. And we take it personal, God. You're our God, the one and only true and living God. And the truth of God shall set us free. Amen and amen. Bye-bye.